Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Bad company corrupts good morals. It's not in the Bible just because it sounds good. It's in the Bible because it's true. And we know it's true. I think we've all had moments within our lives where we were surrounded by bad company. Maybe we were the leaders of that bad company. I don't know. But we all know that it is a lot easier to be pulled down into something than to be pulled up into something, right? So watch who you surround yourself with. In today's message, Pastor James will remind you that God didn't just put things in the Bible because they sound good or correct. Everything is in the Bible because it's true. One of those truths is that bad company corrupts good morals. Many of us have often experienced pressure from our peers to do things that go outside of our morals. Or maybe you've been on the side of providing pressure to others. No matter what, as an example of Christ in the world, you have to stand strong for all that you believe in. Now here's Pastor James in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. anything new. I didn't care what you had to say. I don't care about your experience. I don't care about, no, 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 no. That's your life. That's not my life. And I'm going to, I know, I know it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Man, I was clueless. Um, praise God that uh, you can navigate through those times when I, when, once I got married, especially once I started having kids, this light bulb came on in my head and I'm like, oh man, I didn't know anything. Um, I, even now I'm like 38 years old, I think. Um, Every day I wake up and I'm like, Lord, I don't, I don't know what happened, um, but I just feel like I, lo- I know less and less every day. Um, I just feel like I know less and less, especially as I read through the Word and, and enjoy the Word of God and walk with Jesus. I'm like, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Um, but he's a great teacher and we can learn. But these, these individuals who, who are, you know, creeping in within the church, they're, they're prideful. Uh, they, they don't, they talk a lot, but they don't really no, they don't have an understanding of what they're talking about. And what you need to understand about this group of people is it's all a front. It's all a facade, okay? Um, so they're, they're obsessed with disputes and arguments over words, right? You, you ever get caught up in some of these um, uh, conversations with individuals? They just want to argue about words and meanings and all this stuff. We famously had a president at one point in time who so boldly uh, brought this up in, in an address where he was accused of, you know, um, really uh, having relations with a lady inside the office, you know, hit the White House. And he's like, well, you know, what does it mean? Or whatever that was at that point in time. I'm like, are you kidding me? Let's dis- dispute the meaning of the word so that we can get, a- we're going around the issue. I don't want to talk about the issue, but we'll, we'll talk about words and define this. What does that really mean and all this stuff? We, we saw with uh, Pontius Pilate and Jesus, what is truth? You understand that that's a tactic to dodge what's being presented to him at that moment in time, okay, concerning salvation. Truth, Jesus is truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And Pilate's like, truth, well, what really is truth? What is truth? That's dodging those things. These guys don't really want to deal with the good, the, the hard issues of anything 
But they want to, they want to, you know, out of the arrogance and the, the pridefulness and their knowledge that they have, they want to, well, let's dispute terms. Let's talk about terms. Again, these are just earmarks of who these, who these guys are, how, how Timothy would know them. They, he would know them by their, by basically their fruit or their works there. Um, so they want to dispute and argue over words from which the disputes and all this stuff, it's going to come envy, strife, uh, reviling, um, Let's see here. Reviling. I'm trying. I'm looking at New Living. That's New Living Translation too. Uh, and evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds. They, their minds are corrupt. This is how we get to these places. And destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. Um, and here's a show of godliness. It's just a way to become wealthy. This, this is really the the characteristics of those who are religious within the church at this point in time. Uh, they know how to talk all this stuff. Uh, their philosophy, they know philosophy. They're, again, they're, they're intelligent individuals. They know a lot, but they know nothing. In all their knowledge, they really know nothing, is what Paul's saying here. They look the part. They may sound the part, but they're putting on a show. They're putting on the show so that really the, the end, the, the means to their end is, is wealth. It's riches. I'll look the part. I'll put on the performance. So that I get more money. Really, they are actors. Okay? These were like, these are actors in the church. And, and they were creeping into the church and they were very, very prominent within the religious world. And Jesus had many run-ins and, you know, whether it be the scribes or the Pharisees, those who were continually presenting themselves as, as, you know, representatives of God. However, they were not because they had no relationship with him. They were always putting on the show down to their dress and the tassels that hung off of their robes and, and all the stuff. I mean, they looked the part. And, and the motive behind it all is, well, so that their, their wallets could get fat. So they'd have a lot of money. And they had no problem, no problem manipulating the people and taking advantage of widows they had no issues with that at all. How could they get to that point? Well, because their minds are corrupt and they're destitute of the truth. They've turned their backs to the truth. They want nothing to do with the Bible. They want nothing to do with the teachings of Jesus. They don't care about what Jesus has said. All they care about is putting on a show and Gaining some sort of leverage over you so that they could reach into your pocketbooks and grab out a little bit of money. They're not about Jesus. They're not about the Bible. They're not. And as, as much of an issue as this was for Timothy in the church of Ephesus, which is where he's at, this is an issue for us in our modern days. You have to be on guard for guys who are going to look the part. They're going to put on the show. They're going to try to win you over. And maybe they're great speakers. Maybe they're fantastic speakers and they're motivators and all that stuff. And, and then that, that sales pitch comes in. Here's that sales pitch. If you just, hey, just make the call. Make the call. You know, just donate this and this and we'll give you this and we'll help you to this. No, 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 no. It's a show. It's a show. You need to be on guard because those individuals are still alive and well today. Those individuals are constantly looking to get their foot inside the door of the actual church. You as 
we as believers need to be on guard. And Paul says to Timothy, concerning those, from such withdraw yourself. Don't hang out with those guys. Don't hang out with them. Don't always find yourself in their presence. You know, and, and so let's say if it's somebody maybe who has like, um, maybe it's a television, you know, deal or, or maybe it's a podcasting kind of thing. You just, you need to keep your distance. If you know that they're just, man, it just seems like they're just all about money, 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 money. Well, just separate yourself. What you need to connect yourself to is someone who is all about Jesus, 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 the Bible, the Word of God, the inerrant, the inerrant, the total inspired from front to back Word of God. Like it, what it has for us is what He wanted it to be. Inspired, Holy Spirit, inspired. You you want to surround yourself with the right people. Okay, and that's basically what Paul is telling Timothy as a young minister. He says, listen, if you see these guys, and here's how you can identify them, you notice these guys, withdraw from them. Why? Because Timothy, as a young man, you will follow them. That's a warning. Bad company corrupts good morals. It's not in the Bible just because it sounds good. It's in the Bible because it's true. And we know it's true. I think we've all had moments within our lives where we were surrounded by bad company. Maybe we were the leaders of that bad company. I don't know. But we all know that it is a lot easier to be pulled down into something than to be pulled up into something, right? So watch who you surround yourself with. And especially if you're going to be following um, teachers and pastors and all that stuff, know what they're about. Know what they're about. Do, let's do our homework, right? Know what they're about. What are you about? What do you talk mostly about? I hope it's Jesus. I hope it's Jesus, the good shepherd, right? Okay, so withdraw yourself from them. Verse 6, though, here's the flip side to this, uh, to this argument concerning, okay, you have these posers over here. Now, here's the flip side. Verse 6, it says, now godliness with contentment is a great gain. Uh, yet true godliness with contentment, and I read you that definition of contentment, the state of mind which one's desires are confined to his lot, whatever it may be. True godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Do you want to be wealthy? Oh, here's the sales pitch. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, do you want to be wealthy? Well, define wealth. Well, true wealth, great wealth. It's found in Jesus. It's found in Jesus. That may not always translate into monetary wealth, okay? It may not, but it doesn't matter. What we want is this wealth that comes from contentment as we're connected with Christ. Um, just as a, a reminder for all of us, if you, you take the time today, go back into the book of Ephesians. Start at chapter 1, verse 1, and read the entire book. And that Paul lays out there to the church there again to the church of Ephesus here's what here's what's been made available to you as a follower in Jesus as a follower of Christ there is tremendous spiritual wealth that has been made available to all of us it's almost as if Jesus has said hey here is my debit card my spiritual debit card i'm going to give it to you swipe away swipe away all the riches all the heavenly riches have been made available to us so again the, the, the main thing is like, well, we want 
money, <laughs> like great wealth, spiritual wealth. Okay, I guess that's cool, but no, like, well, what about the money? And Paul is, is encouraging Timothy. He says, listen, Timothy, I want you to be like me. And Paul even said this, you know, he learned whatever the, whatever the situation, whatever the scenario was, he had learned he, he's, he's had lots and he's had nothing. But in every situation, he has learned to be content. Paul himself said that. And now he's encouraging young Timothy to find contentment in Jesus Christ. Find satisfaction in Jesus Christ. That's great wealth. There's nothing on earth that can even compare to that. Nothing on this world, nothing in this world can ever even compete to the satisfaction you should receive in Jesus Christ, in following him, and in knowing who he is. And that's easy to say, but then I also know, well, you know, end of the month, there's bills that are coming, and tax season is just around the corner, and oh my goodness, it's Christmas. And we got gifts to get, and, and that's always pressing. It's always pressing, and this monetary thing is just always pressing, pressing, pressing. And Paul is encouraging Timothy, listen, Timothy, true godliness with contentment is itself great. It's great wealth. That's what you want. That's what you want. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Verse 7, he says, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we, carry, we can carry nothing out of it. We can strive and strive and strive to attain and gain and acquire and all that stuff. And it's not, the stuff is not bad. It's when the stuff has us, that's when it's bad, right? But the stuff itself is not bad. It's just when we're, we're trying to find satisfaction in things and, and all this stuff, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You came into this world owning nothing. You didn't even have clothes. I don't know if you guys know that, but you came out of the womb. You were, you were completely naked. Like, there's, you own literally nothing. Nothing. And that's how we will go out of this world, as Paul is, he's just putting everything back into perspective there. The things that we, the, the things that we attain for ourselves here on this planet, they start here and they end here. They do not translate into the new kingdom. Here's the thing, though concerning true godliness and all that stuff, and contentment with Christ. If, if we are pressing into our relationship with Jesus and, and, and obeying him, that's the key there, and we're obeying him and following him, you're storing up for yourself treasures in heaven. We need a perspective shift. We need a perspective shift to where, in, in my mindset, it, it's always like, man, I, 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 wish, I wish I had this. I need this. I need this. I need this. I need this. And it, you, I, I amass this treasure trove, so to speak, here on this planet, and it's cool, and it's fun, and there's whatever, you know? And, unless the stuff starts to possess me, right, then I got an issue. Um, owning things, is, I don't think, is really a problem. It's the things that own us that's the issue. But we can amass this tremendous monument of stuff and accomplishments and all that stuff. But once air is removed from our bodies, once everything shuts down within our physical bodies, that's left for who? Maybe somebody else to enjoy, but I don't take it with me. And the reality is I can go from a mountain of stuff that I amass here on this planet and then I step into the presence of Jesus, 
And I may have like this much of treasures that are stored up. Okay? So you can, we can amass tons of stuff here and be so focused on that that we're not storing up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Listen, even if you get one thing in heaven, I'm sure you're not going to be totally disappointed, right? You're in heaven, okay? So um, we need a perspective change, though. We need, and I need that. I need to be reminded of that constantly. So we brought nothing into this world. Certainly, we can carry nothing out of it. And having good or having food and clothing, and with these, we shall be content. We don't need a lot to be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. That was verse nine. Verse ten: For the love of money, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Not money is evil, but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Paul's been dealing with this issue from basically from chapter one, but there's been a lot of people who've been departing from the faith, whether it's through false teachings or in this case, it's, it's this pursuit of, this pursuit of wealth. Okay? Pursuit of wealth. I got, I got to have, Gotta have more, gotta have more, gotta have more. I need money, 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 money. I need it. I gotta have it, gotta have it, gotta have it. It's consuming and it, if that becomes your motivation, if that becomes your all, you'll wake up one day and you'll be like, wait a minute, where did Jesus go? Well, he didn't go anywhere. It was you. You were pursuing this, this trying to, uh, satisfy this insatiable desire for more money. And Paul is letting Timothy know, listen, you need to be aware of this. You, you need to be on guard concerning this and this motivation there. Um, and it's not wrong for people to desire, in one sense, to be rich, okay? In the sense of if you have goals to like, well, maybe, maybe the goal should be debt-free, right? <laughs> like, for me, that's, that's it. Like, I don't need a lot of money. Um, I don't need a lot of money. Uh, I just, I want to be in a life where I have what I need. And that's it. That's it. Um, I'm not looking to get a bunch of money. I'm not looking to, I grew up, like I said before, I grew up super bored. I know what that feels like. Um, I don't want to go back to that. Um, but I know what it's like to stand in line at free food handouts because you have nothing to eat at your house. I know what that's like. I've been there. I lived that life. You know what? I think the goal for us as believers, if you can sum up all this, this little section here is, uh, you have food, you have clothing, maybe you have some shelter, um, with these, we shall be content. Let's just be satisfied with that. If God blesses you with more, praise God. Praise God. If he's blessed you with money, if you are rich, he's going to say it in a second. Praise God. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't feel bad about that. I have friends who have lots of money, and they use it for the kingdom of the Lord. They use it for his glory, right? And that's an awesome thing. That's cool to see that. But there's a warning there. Don't pursue, don't give, don't throw everything away to pursue this thing that so many are, are in pursuit of, and it's not bringing them satisfaction. Just read any story about any professional athlete, and it's going to come up. It's going to come up. I mean, famously, guys have attained to everything. They've gotten everything. Super Bowls, multi-million dollar contracts. Are you happy? No. No, Tom Brady famously said that after a Super Bowl. You got it all. You got a supermodel wife. 
You got millions and millions of dollars. You just won the Super Bowl. Are you happy? Are you satisfied? No. It's not enough. It's not enough. I mean, how many of those stories do we have to hear before it clicks for us of like, you know what? I, don't, I think there's something to that. I think there's something to that. Maybe I should just pursue God. I'm going to pursue God. And in, in, in our following of him, if he is a good father, he will take care of his children and our needs. And he does. He does. So pursue him. And whatever happens, whatever your lot may be in this life, praise God for it. Praise God for that. Maybe it's you have a lot. Maybe it's just you have what you need. Well, praise God, we have what we need. So this last little section here, he's going to wrap all this up. This last final encouragement to Timothy and to us as well. But you, O man of God, I like that. Young man Timothy, remember just a few chapters ago, he would, Paul was encouraging Timothy, don't let anybody despise you because of your youth, right? He had people in his church looking down on him because he's young, right? What does this young punk know? He didn't know as much as I do. That was happening in Timothy's church that he took over from the apostle Paul. And here, here's Paul, and this letter will be read to the church that Paul is talking about. Never forget that. Here's Timothy. And what does Timothy got to do? He gets to read 1 Timothy to his congregation, right? How, how cool is that? I mean, just take a second and think about that as you read through the Bible, right? Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, and then Timothy gets to take this letter and say, okay, hey, I got something to say, all right? This is from the Apostle Paul, who's been inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, and here's a message for me and for you guys. Um, how like surreal would that have been in that moment? He's reading the Bible to his church congregation, like for the first time ever, uh, first, the message of First Timothy. Um, please know it wasn't called that back then. It wasn't titled that, okay? Um, but here he is, Paul saying, Timothy, man of God, man of God. He's watched Timothy grow. He, he probably was the guy who led Timothy to the Lord, right? Timothy had a good mom and a good grandma um, who loved the Lord. Timothy, uh, as a young man, joined in with Paul. And so Paul has got to watch this young man grow into a man of God. That's the goal. That's the goal, right? Who do you have in your life? Who's in your life that you are watching go from a young woman or a young man and grow into a young woman of, or a woman of God or a man of God, okay? Um, discipleship. Discipleship's going to make the difference in, church, in the church, okay? Especially in this day and age. When we pour our lives into the others, who's your one? Who do you got? Who's your one? You need your one. Find him. Find him. Find her. If you're a woman, find her, okay? If you're a guy, find him. That's how it is, okay? That is how it is. You have to have your one. Have to have your one. You have to have your one you're pouring your life into, like Paul to Timothy. You have to, period, done. You have to. I'm telling you right now, I'm exhorting you. I'm kind of being a little bossy with it because it matters to me. You have to do this. Have to do this. It's a great commission. Make disciples. Make disciples. So who's our one? Who are we pouring into? Paul was pouring into Timothy, and he gets to say, you man of God. He says to him, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness.
Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken. You've been listening to Pastor James Grizzle teach through the book of 1 Timothy, helping to give some clarity on the things that the Apostle Paul imparted to Timothy. You see, Timothy was a young pastor, and there was much to learn as well as many challenges. One of the adversities that Timothy likely faced was his age. In 1 Timothy 4.12, Paul wrote, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Surely there were some attacks from multiple sides about Timothy's inability to lead because he was too young. But Paul encouraged Timothy to keep pressing on and to not let his age become a discouragement or a detriment to the ministry. Do you face similar trials in the ministries that you might be a part of? The key is where your heart is in it all. And if you're willing to follow God's leading, no matter your age, We're so thankful that you took the time today to listen to Bread for the Broken. If there's any word of encouragement in how this ministry has impacted you, feel free to share it with us. You can get in touch with us through our contact page at breadforthebroken.com. We'd be so happy to meet you in person too, so if you're in the Galveston area, join us this Sunday or Thursday for worship and Bible study at Calvary Galveston. You can find directions, service times, and more by visiting our website. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. We hope to see you soon. There's so much more to discover in 1 Timothy, so join us again on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man.